I wanted to share something with you today that God laid on my heart for 2023 and uh, trust that God is able to communicate through me today. So just to kind of to our hearts so that we're able to take that in as something I believe is his, his word for us rather than the words from a, a fella in a pulpit. And that was that I felt that God say to make this year a year where we seek to learn together and grow together in knowing and flowing. 2023, a year to learn together and grow together in knowing and flowing. Knowing the word. Flowing in the Holy Spirit. Do you know that dynamic things happen when the word and the spirit come together. So Psalm 33 verse 6 is a really cool scripture that just grabbed my heart over this Christmas period and New Year period. Bless you to my wife. That says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. The easy read version says, the Lord spoke the command and the world was made The breath from his mouth created everything, bless you, in the heavens. And that Hebrew word translated breath there is the word ruach. Turn to the person next to you and say ruach. We're getting you flowing in a bit of Hebrew, early doors in 2023. I knew many of you would have heard before, but it's the word spirit, the spirit. So what we're learning is the spirit is the breath of God. The spirit is the breath of God. Of God. And what we see when we read Psalm 33 here is that all creation, now you can kind of just flippantly say that, all creation, the universe, everything, just think how impressive and vast that is and how we're still learning all that we're learning about it. All creation, the heavens were made, the stars in the sky, the universe were brought about through the work of two agents, if you like, the Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit brought the universe into being. Now that tells me that the Word and the Spirit were the reason that life came. The Word and the Spirit literally brought things alive. There is creative things that begin to happen when the Word and the Spirit work. All creation came into being. Now that was something unseen, never seen before. So unseen things become possible. Things we've never seen before. Big things, big possibilities open up to us when we see the Word and the Spirit working together. Now the psalmist chose though to translate the Spirit here as the word breath Rather than just say by the word of his mouth and by his spirit, it talks about by his breath. Those two things, the word of his mouth and the breath brought about life and all that we're talking about. Now, I think he was intentional in his choice of the word breath, because if you think about it, you cannot speak without breathing. Air must flow out of your lungs and through your mouth. And so therefore, breathing and speaking are two of the vital signs of life. If someone was collapsed on the floor in front of me now, I would check to see if they are breathing. And often when we see people do that, say, now come on, talk to me, speak to me, stay with me. Because we know that breath and we know that being the ability to speak, to communicate are vital signs of life. You cannot communicate unless breath is coming, being released from your lungs. 
So the mark that God is working somewhere, that God is at work, is life. There will be life. Because His Word and His Spirit are the sign of life. They bring life when they work together. And so whenever God speaks, what we're learning here is His breath, His Spirit goes out with His Word. When He breathes out His Word, His Spirit, the breath, the Spirit of God goes forth and it causes things to happen. Now, every believer in this room is a living testimony that God, by His Word and His Spirit, brings life. Because you cannot be saved unless there is a work of His Word and His Spirit. They're both involved. So Ephesians 1 verse 13 to 14 says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message. Of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. When you heard the word, the promised Holy Spirit, the breath of God came upon you, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. So what am I saying to us as we step into 2023? I'm saying this, that if we want to see things come really alive in your personal life, in our corporate life as a church, as the family here, if we want to really begin to see things come alive, if we want to really see life in the church, in what we do, in our impact outside of these doors, if we want to open up big possibilities, if we want to see creative stuff happen, things that we've never seen before, I want to suggest to you this morning, we need the Word and the Spirit to come together. Because all Word won't bring life, And all spirit won't bring life. The two must begin to work together to bring life. I once heard them described as the two wings of a bird. How many one-winged birds do you see flying? They need both wings to flow, both for balance and to begin to soar. And I would suggest to us that in our life and as a church, there is both balance and new heights when the Word and the Spirit are working together. And it's only when the two come together, we really begin to discover fully, or more, I should say, not fully, more of who God is and what he can do. Are you with me this morning? Am I making sense? Just give me a little wave of encouragement. Praise God. So R.T. Kendall, I love the stuff he teaches on this, says this. We need both the sun and the rain to give beauty and balance in nature. Likewise, we need both the word and the spirit in order to understand God and his ways. The word is like the sun. The spirit is like the rain. One without the other can result in a natural disaster. It has been said before, all word and no spirit, we dry up. All spirit and no word, we blow up. But with both the word and the spirit, We grow up. We discover who God is. We mature in Him. So I talked at the beginning about this whole thing because I felt God speaking to me about learning together and growing together. Learning together and growing together in knowing and flowing the Word and the Spirit. And the sense I've just had in my heart at the beginning of this year is that actually... If we're really to step into this new dynamic, if we're really to step into 
understanding more about what we're talking about today, that actually the key to that is going to be found in us just positioning ourselves in a way in which we're just teachable. Now, when I say teachable, I mean this is why I'm quoting, quote, learning together and growing together. Because this is not about me saying what you've got to do this year is just really listen to me. This is about us uh, coming to Jesus and actually saying we've got a lot to learn. (laughs) I've got a lot to learn. A lot more to learn about the word. A lot more to learn about flowing in the Holy Spirit. But positioning ourselves and posturing ourselves in a way that says, Lord, teach me. Just teach me. I want to be teachable. And that's really at the heart of this whole um, message of what we're getting back to about discipleship, isn't it? It's the whole thing we were talking about last year and, we, and, and you know, we will talk about in our life groups. It's the whole essence of him, Jesus, as the rabbi, as the teacher, and us as the apprentice, as the disciple. It's being with him. It's becoming like him. It's doing what he did. It's learning of him. And so we know in the Jewish culture, in the Jewish education system, the disciple would learn from the teacher, would learn from the rabbi. And so they had to position themselves in a place that just says, I'm teachable. I want you to pour into my life. I, I want to learn. I want to grow in what you've got to teach me. And so it's us as an apprentice coming in that way. And so what you see is that actually, and commentaries will tell you this, and, and you see it in the Bible in places as well, and I'll, I'll, I'll allude to a couple of those in a moment, but rabbis and teachers would often sit to teach. And so you've got examples even of that. I was thinking about, you know, just immediately in the Sermon on the Mount when it talks about Jesus went up the mountainside and he sat down to teach them and they came and they, they sat. And so he would sit and, and he would teach Disciples would learn at the feet of their teachers. It was a posture of humility. It was a positioning of yourself to be teachable. So that's why in Luke chapter 10, for example, when Martha's sweating it out in the kitchen and getting busy, um, you know, Mary comes. And if you read in Luke chapter 10 and intentionally chooses, it says to sit herself at the feet of Jesus and just basically saying my mallet's paraphrase, teach me, teach me. And so commentaries tell us that in the Jewish uh, education system, rabbis would often be given a chair to sit on. In fact, like Ellicott's and people like that say, it was often a high seat that they were given to, to sit on. Now, who, who looks like a, a rabbi among us today? Uh, <laughs> who looks uh, well-versed in the scriptures as a, as a teacher? Um, let's, let's, I'll just, Stevie, come and sit up here, my friend. Come on. Come and sit on this chair. No, come on. Come and sit here. Now, I love this because this is what I I want you to see. It's a bit of a squeaky one. Sorry, mate. Um, I love this because I think it's so powerful. And I just wanted to kind of show you something. That literally, if you imagine this, what the point I'm trying to get to you is this, right? Their humility elevated them to another level. Their humility lifted them up and elevated and said in their humility, I've got so much to learn. I come and position myself here and say, what you know, what you have to impart to me is on another level to what I know. So I humbly lift you up, recognize that, sit at your feet and just say, teach me. Round of applause for today's standing rabbi. (laughs) Now, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying next week we're whipping all the chairs away. 
And you're all going to sit on the floor in front of the preacher. Applying it to today in our hearts. Applying it today in our lives. What does it mean? I'm saying it's coming in a way in our heart to Jesus together like this. Not to a person in a pulpit, but to him. Now, if there are people around us with solid theology who understand Scripture, do we need to learn from them? Yes. If there are people around us who are flowing in the Holy Spirit and moving in levels of power and authority, do we need to learn from them? Yes. But the truth is, friends, it's not all that common to find people or churches or places who know how to flow in both. Who have got both good theology and power. And we need both. And that's why I'm saying to you, because so much of us, even individually or even as a church, are not necessarily got it all kind of, you know, together at all. We've all got room to grow. And over this, I've just realized in my own heart, there's so much room to grow. And I want to suggest to you there's just one person's feet we need to sit at this year. And that together, what would happen if we came to Jesus with a kind of posture in our heart to sit at his feet and just say, Lord, I want to know your word. Lord, I want to flow in your Holy Spirit. All you know is far above what I do. Teach me and help me to grow. And what happens if in humility and how we positioned ourselves, we realize what we actually do is elevate Christ to another level. And so my appeal this year isn't listen to him. Or listen to me. They're the experts. They know and they flow. I'm going to read it exactly as I've written it. This is actually me saying, I'm aware that personally still I have so much to learn from God's word. And so much to learn in growing and seeing more of the power of God at work in my life. The spirit moving, signs, wonders and the prophetic. So what if figuratively speaking, we all went back to the classroom. To the school of Christ this year. And sought to journey through this quote together. Learning and growing together. What if we said this year, teach me, Lord. Teach us, Lord. And so later this month, I'll be sharing some ways about how we're going to make space and forms for us to know, to grow in knowing and flowing. But I'm trying to say to us this morning, we need the sun and the rain. And we need to begin to prize and value the word and the spirit in equal measure. I don't want it to be like this. Or like this. But I want us to begin to prize and value both the word and the spirit. I think it's a huge mistake for us to make to emphasize one to the exclusion or the limitation of the other. Let me just move on. And just say this. Some people will do so. Some people will tend to focus more on or even only on just the word. And they will say uh, things like, uh, God is honored by getting back to clear biblical teaching, solid theology, the apostles' doctrine. Amen. That's true. We need to know and understand God's word and his ways. Friends, I want to encourage you to pick this book up this year. And spend a little time in it every day. How many people know there's huge confusion outside of the doors in the world in which we live? Many twisted, flawed ideas, attitudes, concepts, ways of thinking that are leading people astray. We need to know the truth and we need to stand on the truth. We need to read our Bibles. We need to know our Bibles. It's not a message of condemnation. It's a message of encouragement. 
Now, but the trouble is this, that some people focus on that to the detriment of the Spirit. So the danger is this, if you just have all Word and no Spirit, we make, that makes for dry lives and dry services. You end up with sermons that are packed full of Scripture, but they have no life in them. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones apparently used to say, without the Spirit, what comes out of the pulpit is often perfectly orthodox and perfectly useless. The point is simply this, without the freshness and the vitality of what the Spirit brings, everything will just kind of become mechanical and form-like and, uh, form and, and kind of ritual because the Word really only becomes fresh and vital and kind of alive to us when we look to the Holy Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit is the one who makes Jesus jump out of these pages? He's the one who opens it. So I want to encourage you, because I know it's a bit of a mind bend at times. And I don't for one second pretend to understand everything. But I want to understand this. This is the only book that actually, friends, is required to have the author present with you to understand it. So you need to invite the Holy Spirit to come and flick the lights on. And make Jesus jump out the pages. So I want to encourage you, every time you open your Bible this year, invite the Holy Spirit to sit with you. But then there's those who say, well, actually, I focus more on the Spirit. I just need the Spirit. God is honored by getting back to the power seen in the book of Acts. Signs, wonders, miracles, gifts of the Spirit flowing, prayer meetings that shake buildings, where no one dare lie to the Holy Spirit because as if to do so is to dice with death. And without those levels of experience and power, the church won't have much impact and influence in the world. What do I say? Amen. <laughs> so true. We do desperately need to see more signs and wonders and miracles. I long for a greater demonstration of the Spirit's power in my life. I recognize that the majority of my preaching over the years has been more word. And I'm saying, God, I want this to balance up. I want to get some breakthrough in, in, in demonstrations of power in my life. Like 2 Corinthians 2.4 when the Apostle Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5 that says, Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. With the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. Wow. But the danger is... That when we kind of say, well, all I need is the Spirit, and all I need is the Spirit within me to guide me, I just want to follow Him. And if anyone tries to bring kind of any kind of order or structure, the accusation is you're squashing the Holy Spirit. What the danger is that this, actually, rather than if we just get, oh, I'm just about the Spirit, and we park the Word over there, you actually end up with individualism. Well, I just do what God tells me to do, and you can't tell me it's not God, and I'm going to do what I want to do. And so you got all this kind of thing. Well, I think he's saying this and I think he's saying this. And I believe he told me this. When people come to you and say to you, I believe God told me this. I've got nowhere to go on that one because I can't argue with whether it was or wasn't God. But so the only thing I can do is send you back to the word. Is it in harmony with the word? Does it line up with the word? Is it flowing with the word? Because the Holy Spirit knows nothing of freestyling. He works in harmony and accordance with the word. So he'll never tell you to do something that's out of agreement with this. And actually, if we get that individualism, I'll be honest, the only way I could describe it is things get flaky. Things get flaky. Things get proper confusing if we just try and follow only the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 33 
talking in the context of the gifts of the Spirit in meetings, says God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in all the congregations, as in all, some versions say, meetings or churches of the Lord's people. God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. So he interprets the word the Spirit does and flows in harmony and accordance with the word, with the Father, and with the Son. I'm, I'm nearly done, actually. Just taking forward uh, those quotes that I read earlier from Artie Kendall, he says, Jesus could dazzle the multitudes with the power of his word as easily as when he performed miracles. The people were astonished when he spoke and astonished when he healed. The combination of the word and the spirit in great and equal measure will do that. Would you like to see the glory of God, genuine miracles and the fear of the Lord return to the church? Would you like to see a return to the gospel by which the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ is extolled and honored? Would you like to see people astonished by teaching and preaching as easily as by signs and wonders and how they move them? When this takes place, as my friend Lyndon Bowering puts it, those who come to see will hear, and those who come to hear will see. Some say, I just want to hear. Some say, I just want to see. But when the two come together, those who come to see will hear, and those who come to hear will see. I don't believe, friends, that the days are beyond us. And I prayed this, in, with, with, and it just came to me in there. When the disciples there were on the road to Emmaus and Jesus opened up the scriptures and began to talk to them and they said, did not our hearts burn within us? Do it. But I tell you what, it's the spirit that's going to make that word burn in your heart. So wrapping this up, what am I saying? Well, the goal isn't one or the other as we step into 2023. It's not pursuing one above the other. It's the two coming together. So I want to encourage us as a King Center family to see the need and to carry the burden and to pray the prayers that say we want to see the Word and the Spirit in equal measure. We want to see the two coming together. We want to see them flowing in our lives. We want to see them flowing in our church family. These are interesting days and you know not to finish on a thing, but the truth is the message of the gospel is being attacked. The church is being attacked. The Christians are being attacked. But what fascinates me is that when we read the book of Acts, that's not just a great story, but that's the blueprint. That's the DNA for the church. You know, that's where, and the word and the spirit were moving in the book of Acts. And in the early church, when they were, when they were under attack, when there was persecution, when the message in the early church and the people of God were under attack, listen to what they prayed. Acts 4, 29, verse 30. I'd love you to read this with me. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Paraphrase, Lord, paraphrase, Lord, let the word and the spirit flow. And verse 31 says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Band, I wonder if you'd just come back for us, please. In 1947, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, a great evangelist and healing evangelist who saw many people come to Christ and saw stunning miracles, uh, astonishing miracles. 
1947, he prayed a prophecy that a lot of people say, you know, we're, we're long overdue to see this and we need to grab a hold of this and step into it. And he said that in the next few decades, that was his words, in Great Britain, there will be evidenced in the churches something that has not been seen before. A coming together of those with an emphasis on the Word and those with an emphasis on the Spirit. When the Word and the Spirit come together, there will be the biggest movement of the Holy Spirit that the nation and indeed the world has ever seen. It will mark the beginning of a revival that will eclipse anything that has been witnessed within these shores. Even the Wesleyan and the Welsh revivals of former years. The outpouring of God's Spirit will flow over from the UK to the mainland of Europe. And from there will begin a missionary move to the ends of the earth. Let's be teachable. Let's see our need. Let's admit our need. Let's recognize our need. And let's be praying. Lord, we need more of your word. We need to know more of your word. Help us to understand more of your word. Teach us, Lord. And Lord, we need more of your Holy Spirit, how to flow in the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. How Romans talks about how the sons of God are led by the Spirit. How to move in the Spirit, not to quench the Spirit. Not to put the Spirit's fire out. We need more of your Holy Spirit. Signs, wonders, gifts of the Spirit. Greater demonstrations, power and authority. And let's just ask the Lord this year, teach us, teach us Lord, help us. You're, you, you are just... On another level, and let's in our humility, let's just elevate Christ to the, the place in which and recognize and honor him for who he is and, and just bring that sense of, Lord, you are so worthy and just set ourselves and just say, Lord, I'm here to learn. We're here to learn together and grow together and just come before you like the disciples did when they knew how to pray, but then they heard Jesus pray and they thought, that's how I want to pray. They'd heard Jews Jewish people pray multiple times a day, but then they heard Jesus pray and connect with the Father like they'd never heard anyone pray. And what did they say? They just come and said to us, Lord, teach us how to pray like that. As we read through the Bible and we look at the person of Christ and we see him flowing in the Word, because he is the Word, and flowing in the Spirit, let's just come this year and say, you know, Lord, we've done meetings. We kind of know how to do meetings. We've heard preachers. We kind of know how to do that. We've We've prayed for the sick and we've seen a measure of that, but teach me. <laughs> teach me how to understand. Teach me how to flow and become more like you because you, Jesus, are just on another level. And I want to become more like you. And I, I pray that our church family, Jesus, becomes more like you. So Lord, just teach us. Teach me this year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just finish in the presence of God. Just sit in God's presence. As I said, I don't think it's about physically getting off your chair, but in the position in the posture of your heart, I just encourage and invite everyone to humbly come to before the Lord this year, just as an apprentice, as a disciple, and just in your heart, just be saying, Lord, I, I want to sit at your feet. I want to know and I want to flow. That life would come. Creative things would happen. New possibilities would open up. Stuff we've never seen before. As you speak 
and as you breathe on me and on our church family. In Jesus' name.